Welcome to Tailboard Talk, a fourth shift fitcast. The mission of Tailboard Talk and the fourth shift fitness is to educate and train fire service personnel to increase durability and decrease the potential for injuries and their associated costs. My name is Chris Morella, owner and founder of Fourth Shift Fitness. I'll use my experience as a personal trainer, strength coach, and 15-year veteran of the fire service to deliver tips, tricks, lessons, and information specifically geared towards the health and wellness of firefighters and paramedics. Each episode, you'll leave with immediate deliverables that will improve performance and resilience and keep you in the fight through your career and into retirement. Let's get into it. talked about that too how the ghd was a gift from the company mm-hmm. how joe ordered a regular like incline back extension yeah and they're like hey we're gonna upgrade you as a gift because of all your business and that huge thing got there and they're like congratulations you got this and he's like thank you Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> this thing is like six by six and nobody knows how to get into it i didn't know that so that was so the 45 degree one that's at station seven yeah that one was supposed to be like a similar version of that. Mm-hmm. I, I never knew that. <laughs> and then that, cause I think those all came from life fitness. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we were like seven, we were station six deep in it. Mm-hmm. And then all the stair, the step mills or whatever. Yeah. All the treadmills. Um, it was before the bikes. So everything, yeah. everything motorized came from them. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Oh, we just had a clearance on these GHDs last week. And he's like, sounds similar. <laughs> this thing yeah. got there and it was not similar at all actually everything came from them the, the cable stacks came from them and the uh the hammer sh- the racks came from them really yeah when we re- when we redid the rooms everything was from life fitness so man every even though even though that's that's hammer strength stuff right our, our racks are hammer strength right hammer something they still all came from life fitness though, i think so from uh, that lady debbie well then we talked about how many videos there are of people getting in the ghd with their legs on top of everything yeah. and then leaning back for like the, <laughs> yeah. the sit up portion of it and they flew out of it. <laughs> so yeah, I was uh, like, so they want to get that out of there. Um, you got a regular that, back extension uh, in there. Ridiculous one. I don't know. Sports center always posted. It's like some dude doing a barbell resisted back extension. It's, he's got like two, oh, yeah. 225 on it and he's like laboring through it. Yeah. <laughs> that guy was a, that guy's a football player for real. Is he? And that was part of his like, sizzle to get picked up by a team to get like God. a pro day or something like that and i can't remember if he went to whatever football league you know yeah but he went somewhere and so it was like a big deal but he's all about killing himself to God. to be extreme it was entertaining but yeah <laughs> it's not as entertaining as that one guy i know i've sent you he's like does a lot of stuff like on a skateboard, a skateboard. With like yeah stuff in his mouth and that <laughs> <laughs> kills me it's so stupid but i'm like all right i'll give it's it so, to him and he calls everything a world record yeah it's like world record <laughs> yeah. ali yeah <laughs> <Fun> squat. <laughs> there's another guy i think his name is i think his barbell shrugged or something like that mm-hmm. where he does everything in jeans and okay. he'll do like the um i don't know i can't remember what it's called where you load up a barbell with like back squat weight, uh-huh. and then it's on the ground, and you tip it you up. You tip it up, yeah. You I get can't remember what that squat's called. And in all of his descriptions, he's like, "Do not ever try this. This is not for you. Yeah. This is for me to screw around with." Right. And he's enormous. Yeah. And he pulls it off. Mm-hmm. One of them was, one of them was an old strongman feat, where you snatch a weight or you get a weight overhead, mm-hmm. and then from overhead position, you drop it and catch it in a zercher position. <laughs> 
right? And it was like 405 or something like that. And he said, they're like, do not ever try this. Yeah. It's like, not even with 95, don't try it. And he, he did it. Mm-hmm. But like, it was agonizing to watch. Because you just think, first of all, the yeah, forearm and crook pain, right? Yeah. But then you see him like absorb. It's like an air shot going on. Like he absorbs it, like kind of curls into a shrimp and then comes back up. And like, a, you know, he turns into like that turtle shell looking thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my God. It was awesome. But I can only watch so many of his videos. So I'm like, dude, this is going to, I trust that people won't put anything like catastrophic up. Right. But sometimes they might. I wish I was strong enough to be that stupid, but. Uh... <laughs> to be, yeah, yeah. To be. Just no, like, me. Well, that's a, that's the whole thing. Like. I'm going to be the one that folds under like a 65 pound snatch <laughs> and like hits the back of my neck and, like, and forward, the highlight? forward like, rolls me. What was he trying to do? Yeah. Uh, that's the whole thing of like the mom that lifts the car off the kid, you know? Yeah. And mm-hmm. then they're like, this amazing feats of strength that humans are capable of. And they fall up. They're like, yeah, she ruptured both her patellar yeah. shins and like, <laughs> like her shoulders are ripped yeah. out of her body. Like the next day she's right. in a body cast, you know, <laughs> same thing with these guys. There's one video every six months. Cause they're yep. <laughs> debilitated. Um, well, I guess we should talk about weight room equipment then, since we're talking about goofy stuff and enormous GHDs. Mm-hmm. So we've had one of our um, more entertaining functions with our department is that Kurt and I get to offer suggestions or endorsements for stuff that should go in our weight room. So people come to the Foreign Fire Tax Board or to the department and say, we would like this piece of equipment. And then the department or foreign fire tech says, go talk to the fitness people, Chris and Kurt, and see what they think. And if they like it or if they sign off on it, then we'll look at purchasing it. And through the years, we've we've said yes to some stuff and we've said no to a bunch of stuff. So I want to run through kind of some of the things that we think are good to have in a fire department weight room and some things we've said no to um, and kind of why we said no to them. Because we don't just say no flippantly. Sometimes it's a cost thing. Sometimes it's a space thing, and sometimes it really is just um, the thing that people want is just a bad option. And not to say that we can't make it work, but if our department is 140 people, we can make it work for probably a quarter of them, and then the other three quarters will either just not use it or they're at a supreme injury risk from using it incorrectly, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so what comes to mind first when we're talking about stuff that's come up that we've said no to? What comes to your mind first? Uh, I think the Jacob's ladder was the, the one that I remember being a, a resounding no. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, for us too, it's always, it, we always have to look at things too. It's, it's like a footprint thing. It's like, we have, we have excellent weight room equipment currently, but we're, we're out of space in most of the stations in terms of expanding anything. And we like to when we order something or we add something to the weight room, we like to do it across all seven stations, not just, oh, station one gets this, because then invariably someone at station three is like, hey, when are we going to get one of these? And so so we kind of look at it as uh, that. It's like, first of all, can this even fit in the in the rooms that we have, or will we have to get rid of something, or, what, or what's the deal with it? Uh, and then I, for me, I kind of look at, like, is there a use for a variety of workout, um, skill levels. So can the, can the most novice person use this and get a benefit of it all the way through the, uh, most expert person, should they want to use it? Can they get a benefit out of it? And if it looks like it's going to be a very singular thing that one person wants, cause it's something that their chiropractor said would be cool. Like 
it's probably going to be a no. But if it's something that we think that would be beneficial for everybody to use then and safe for everybody to use, then most of the times we'll say, yeah. And, you know, on the other side, we haven't, uh, as much as both of us love them, we haven't supplied the workout rooms with kettlebells yet because it's just, it's such a cool piece of equipment and great piece of equipment. But I also know that somebody's going to walk over there and see a 70 pound kettlebell and pick it up. And that's going to be a problem, you know, if they've never swung a kettlebell before. And so, um, until we get the opportunity to in-service some of the stuff, we, we oftentimes will hold back on some of the stuff that might take a little bit more coaching application slash education to, uh, to in-service. Yeah. Jacob's ladder one was, I remember both a cost thing and a footprint thing. Um, I think the biggest thing we have in the stations now is probably the step mill. Yeah. But even that is tall. So it's however it's made for a nine foot ceiling or 10 foot ceiling. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And the footprint's small, but it's an enormous piece of equipment. Probably half the cost of a Jacob's ladder, but that was just, yeah. I don't know if any of the stations have enough room for that or enough people that would actually use it after the first attempt and they, right. they get blown out by it. And they're like, well, I'm never getting on that thing again. Right. I think I go to the, uh, pre-core stretching machines uh, yeah. first. Those were snuck in. So if you if you're familiar with it, it's it looks like a like a kneeling thing, and then you hold on to the handlebars in front of you, and then like you'd set up in like a pre-chair curl type thing. Kind yeah, of it looks like yeah. one of those forced posture chairs. Yeah, like where you have your shins on the on the rest, and then you can sit your butt on the thing, and all your your shin and your femur is like a 45 degree angle from each other, kind of, I guess a 90 degree angle. Um, and then, yeah, you, it, that's on a pivot. So the chair parts on a, a hinge and then you can hold on to handlebars and then hinge back and shift your butt back and stretch out your supposedly your hips and your hamstrings. But what it falls into is a, a back stretch yeah, and specifically a lower back stretch. And that's something you kind of brought up your chiropractor thing. That's someone that someone brought in, and said, hey, I use this at my gym, and I really like it. We should buy seven of them. And I remember at that point, we weren't quite established yet as the... No, this is this is where our current rules of running yeah. things by us stem from. So we bought them. So the Foreign Fire Tax Board bought them. And then we were stuck with seven of them. And it took years and years of Kurt and I appealing to people like, listen, I know it feels good to stretch your lower back, but your lower back is a, a victim of your other joints. So please remove these from the station. But at that point, we're seven units into a $600 stretching machine. Nobody right. wants to get rid of them. I even went so far as to see if we could turn them in. And the guy's like, want like a hundred bucks for all yeah. seven of them. Thanks, like, but no thanks. Yeah. Um, and then you're stuck of like, well, if your department allows you to sell stuff on Craigslist or marketplace, that's one avenue. But for a bigger department like that, like ours, it's often not possible. So those stretching machines are probably number one on my hit list of stuff that um, had we had the opportunity to, I would not have in the station just cause we know how lower backs work and we know that you have more benefit of stretching your hips and your butt and your hamstrings out that will benefit your back more than stretching your lower back, even though it feels good. But by default, if you get on that thing, even if you're looking at the, the guide on there that says how to stretch your hips out, you're just going to sink back into a lower back stretch and mm-hmm. then we're not solving anything. We're actually potentially making problems worse. Be nice if we still, do you, do you remember the city auction? Yeah. You, yeah, it'd be nice if we still had that. It would have been an easy way to unload those it things. It would have been very easy. Yeah, I'd, a bunch of our guys would have bought them. Yeah. <laughs> we used them at their <laughs> gym. <laughs> they would have been out of here. Um, recently, we just had someone ask for a G, uh, no, a reverse hyper. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, I said I would not be in favor of that. And they brought up the the standard, which is Louis Simmons and Westside Barbell. So I brought up that those guys, in fact, are the standard, but not just because of the River Hyper. They were big, oafy-looking, very strong guys. But if you look at them, they had far greater hip and knee and ankle mobility than yeah. general population has. Like, yeah, they were um, very destructive in the way they train at time to time because of their intensity. But overall, they were far more mobile than right. general population is. And if we take that and look at basically we're looking at pro sports at that point, right? Mm-hmm. And saying, why can't you catch a ball like a pro receiver? Right. And we take that tool and put it in the general population fire department. We're going to take people with very poor hip mobility and probably compromise lower backs and then give them a tool that can very easily pick on their lower back. Mm -hmm. And just lining yourself up two inches wrong on that thing can change completely. Um, So I said, yeah, that's a great tool for you to use because you're comfortable with it. And if we had one-on-one coaching, it'd be a more viable option, but to just give a training day on it and then hope that, you know, at four in the afternoon when somebody's not paying attention, they jump on this thing and pendulum it correctly right is just not a smart thing to do yeah and it's like the, the i mean those west side guys not only are they addressing those mobility issues that most of us have but they're also i mean the professionals they know what they're doing you know and yeah. it's like this isn't like oh i think i'll jump on this thing it's like they've learned and been coached how to do it right you know well and they've adapted they've they followed that adaptation principle right. we're like yeah they i don't know how often they would do it but they've done it enough times where a lower back pump isn't a significant issue for them anymore, right. right? As opposed to us, if we get a lower back pump and then go on a call and now you're fatigued in that area mm-hmm. and it's the first time you've ever done this thing and now you go to lift someone, right. significant issue. So uh, kind of apples and oranges, what they use it for and we, what we would be able to use it for. Great tool with context, but I think a poor tool for fire departments to have yeah. in their in their gym. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had other ones too, like the vibration plates came through. Yeah. Just wasn't enough kind of stuff behind it. Right. To, for that much cost on at the time. Mm-hmm. And BOSU balls have come through. They've come through. It's just another, that's another kind of, I don't want to say gimmicky, but very popular and very commercial and recognized thing that people just figure they should have a use for. Well, that's the thing is like some, then somebody here is going to Google, what do I do with this BOSU ball? And they're going to see somebody with it flipped over, squatting on it. And it's like, right. You know, that's what's going to come up on YouTube the first 10 hits and it's like right, yeah. not what it's for you know yeah what plus about- that guy is just insane david uh weck wreck weck <laughs> you know what i'm talking about <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. So i was thinking Joel Seaman. he's the bosu ball guy <laughs> yeah him his, and his uh, quarter, quarters in his quarters in his uh hands <laughs> <laughs> i only watch those when when you and raf said guy is over. insane i don't know how people go to that guy and be like that's my guy, you know. <laughs> Wasn't he doing some kind of slow motion fight, like punching thing? And Raph was like, "Hey, this is a good way to get your head taken off." Yeah, you know? I think so. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, "You have to twist." Yeah. When you, yeah. <laughs> like it's all about rotational. <laughs> he's like dancing to it. And Raph's like, "Oh, good, one more victim for mm-hmm. us." Um, what about stuff we said yes to? Or we have a we have a handful of things coming through now that we've taken requests for and then given probably better alternatives for yeah. it, right? Yeah, so those two, so those, I know someone asked for the safety squat bar, which I love, but um, just, it's just, it's one use, you know? And so, and they're, they were looking at that because they wanted an alternative for back squats. And so we 
came to the conclusion that a landmine would be a better option because they could squat heavy still, but there's still maybe more features that a landmine can do versus a, you know, a safety squat bar. Yeah. Uh, so that was one. And then we were looking at getting hex bars, um, just for the guys who are deadlifting to, uh, have a safer option to do that with. Um, I know we added TRXs, we added Dynamax med balls. Um, I think it also we added. I mean, foam rollers weren't in the the original build out. Right, you got more bands in there now. Bands you got thicker and thinner, mm-hmm. um, long loop bands. Yeah, um, you know, I mean, Joe did a really good job with the outfit in the beginning, though. I mean, yeah, with with the dumbbells that we have, and we have a full cage and cable machine. We were we were pretty decked out in the beginning, and so there hasn't been a ton that's needed to be added. Um, trying to think, rowers rowers have been added. Those mm-hmm. weren't in the original build out. And by the way, if you're going to get a rower, get the the air-powered rower, not the water rower. Correct. I am interested. So there's a company up here that does, uh, I think it's Matrix, actually. They do a magnet one that's supposed to be really good. And up mm-hmm. there on Davis Davis Road, they have a demo of it that I'd like to So I think I saw that when I went to go out. try to sell the stretching machines. Mm-hmm. And I actually told them one of the only reasons I didn't like it was because um, the concept two uses a chain, mm-hmm. right? And other ones use like a strap, like a yeah, piece of I webbing. Hate the strap, yeah. This uses a uh, like a shoelace, okay, thickness cord, mm-hmm. so like a quarter inch maybe, yeah, rope. And okay. I was like, man, that does not look like an idiot can walk up and pinch it in the pulley a few times and then be okay with it. You yeah, know? I'm like, I got to look at it from a five year old using this thing, right? Who's going to use it incorrectly and fray this this rope? Yeah, and then it's they're going to fly off the back of this thing. Mm-hmm. He's like, I've never really had anybody concerned about that before. I'm like, we've broken more durable yeah. things. <laughs> Give um, us one to try out for six months and yeah. we'll come back with all the problems with it. <laughs> <laughs> Which is absurd because listen, it's not like you, it's not like you go through a new dishwasher every six months at your house. Yeah. Right. And do laundry a few times a week, maybe not twice a day, Yep. but it's not like you're running through washing machines and drying machines at home. Like, right. Can we just, drop this Neanderthal fireman thing like we have to destroy everything. I can't remember what is wrong with the rower at Station 5, but I know there's a screw on it that holds something that within like the first five months I saw it laying on the ground and I'm like, what is this? And I went to put it back in and you could see that somebody tried to like force it in so now it doesn't seat into yeah. you know the, the female portion of it anymore and so it now it was like brand new. I'm like, come on. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Meddling. Um, back to the safety squat bar, that was also, I think that person also one one first of all, they have trouble getting into a back squat position and even a front squat position. That's even more challenging because of their shoulders. Um, when I got my safety squat bar, I had the same thoughts that this guy did because he came to us and said, I need a, an easier alternative to back squatting. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, um, I got my safety squat bar and started loading it up as I would a straight bar back squat. Mm-hmm. And I was dying at like three quarters of the weight of a typical back squat yeah it's not any easier it's it's far more difficult mm-hmm. because you don't have the locked in position right and then watching some videos um like elite fts videos your tendency is to when you come up is to push up on the handles because you're trying to drive the weight off you mm-hmm. which is the opposite of what you should be doing you should be kind of hugging them down and then yeah. flexing your lats and squeezing your armpits shut and mm-hmm. stabilizing your back and so it's one of those things where it looks easier because your hands are in a more neutral position and it, it visually looks like, oh, you're just squatting down. It's like an air squat, loaded air squat. Yeah. But in reality, this that's a far more 
challenging piece of equipment than I ever expected it to be. So mm-hmm. that's something where if somebody's like, yeah, I'll just buy this because it looks easy. And then you give it to that population. And now they're not forced to somehow flex their back or stabilize their back. It can, 95 pounds can be destructive yeah. for an untrained person. Mm-hmm. So that was something we discovered also kind of looking at these things that people want. Um, I think the the biggest thing I'm excited about is the landmines to get in there. Yeah. I was just having a talk with someone the other day who was kind of questioning, like, why do we need, why do we need to keep adding more stuff in these rooms? Like we have so much stuff in here, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was saying like, well, not only do we have an obligation as a department that if we have the ability to provide really good equipment, we should do that. Right. Because first of all, if someone's not working out and they go down there and start working out, I want them to have a good experience. So I want them to have good equipment. Mm-hmm. So maybe that takes away one barrier. Now they, they had a good time and they want to go back because it was easy because of the quality of equipment. Right. The second thing is we have injured people and we have injured people working. We haven't injured people. We have people who have old injuries and the landmine is one of those things where if you have a shoulder injury and you really like pressing overhead, now a barbell overhead press or even a, a single dumbbell overhead press may be just not viable. Mm-hmm. It may be too unstable or too um, difficult or too painful because of the range of motion. But now we can add this little landmine thing and you can press overhead and pick how much joint load you have and the joint angle of it and this kind of play with the strength curve in there. Mm-hmm. And you can press overhead again. So we're adding stuff in. Yeah. Um, that may seem like we're just piling more stuff on that does the same thing, but everything has a, a, a better use. I mean, this is the same. If you took that same mentality and put it towards the fire equipment, we wouldn't have new thermal imaging cameras. Right. We wouldn't have RIT packs. We wouldn't have any number of things. We wouldn't have battery-powered hydraulic tools mm-hmm. because you would look at it and go, how much more stuff do we need on here? You can right. you can open a car door with a pair of irons. Like, mm-hmm. what do you need this tool for? Right. But we keep kind of growing and learning and then you keep getting equipment that helps more people do the job that growing and learning is a big thing too is like 15 years ago landmines weren't when we specced out all these gyms landmines weren't a popular thing you know and they i don't i would be shocked i mean i'm sure they existed but like the floor standing ones that we're we're looking at getting i don't think we're near the quality that they are now you know and it just didn't exist 15 years ago but now we've found something that's maybe better option than some of the equipment that we have. So yeah. we kind of owe it to the department to, to do that, you know, and get that stuff in there. Yeah. And uh, it doesn't have to necessarily replace anything. It can. Um, but like you said, just, just having more available options for people to use, you know, that I think that's our obligation. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't stop with just getting a pair of dumbbells and, and uh, a treadmill, you know? Right. So um, anything else you want to hit on for equipment or, things you'd like to see in the future. And I'm kind of pumped for that, the, the landmine and the, the trap bar. Yeah. I mean, just for the carrying capability. What do you think? We've had discussions on this in the past. What do you think about Olympic? Um, what do you think about bumper plates for fire department use? Um, so I think, I think we've talked about this before is I like the shape of them because I think that you can, deadlift and do other things a little bit more safely with them. Um, I think unless you're going to commit to like a full Olympic lifting setup, like if you're going to use, you know, a regular beater bar or strength bar and not get Olympic lifting bars, then you're going to end up going through bars pretty quick with, with those. Um, I don't know, you know, I just think that there's better options for the fire department, the average fire department person to do to substitute for doing a clean that, yeah. They're just not necessary to have in there. 
Um, you know, and even I've watched guys try and do some Olympic lifts with what we have. And it's like, it's not working the way that bar isn't working the way you need it to work. Yeah. And you aren't doing that very well, you know? And it's like, I mean, we know from coaching Olympic lifting, it's not something that you do once a week in your workout and you're like, yeah, you know, I'm getting better. <laughs> and that's, it. yeah. You know, get people practice four years at two lifts to be good at two lifts, you right. know? And it's like, it just, there's other things that I think are better options. And so I, so I think that getting bumper plates, um, not for a bumper place use of Olympic lifting is a good idea, but to get them for Olympic lifting at the fire station, I don't think is a good idea. Yeah. I think it falls into the category of like, cause we've had damaged like 45s, you know, mm-hmm. from obviously people dropping them or something like that. Right. And then that leads to damaged bars. Mm-hmm. So is it something where you try to regulate what people are doing? without knowing their level of experience in it, because you could look at one of us and be like, you're not allowed to clean, right. you know? And I'd be like, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool. cool. <laughs> I need an excuse not to do that difficult movement. Yep. Um, or you could just say, here's these, here's these plates that let you do all this other stuff that we don't have no control over. Mm-hmm. And uh, at least you won't break our 45s or damage the floor. Right. So it, it's always been a difficult one. And I still yeah. don't know where I fall in it. I, I would hate to, start working at station six or seven. If we actually added bumper plates though, I mean the second floor, we're on the second floor. (laughs) Good Lord. Maybe there's a condition to that. You only do it on slabs. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, on the other side, um, there's been, there's been times just deadlifting in the garage where I've had just steel on Mm -hmm. and I've been like, I really wish I had some bumper plates on because this is getting heavy and Mm -hmm. I want to put this down quickly. Yeah. And I don't want to crack the garage floor. And that can happen even even with one thirty five on. Yeah. So definitely a double-edged sword on that. It it kind of goes against the protecting everyone from themselves mm-hmm. category, but does go towards the protecting your investment in the floor and the yeah. the barbell category. And I get, I guess I still go. Maybe I'm just a being wussy about it, but I just I don't think that at the station on shift you should be getting to a point where you can't control your deadlift down where you need to That's drop true. the bar out of a safety issue. You know, I know yeah. there'll be hard chargers that challenge me on that, but they well, probably are running a call a day. So it, uh, <laughs> well, here's a thought I had, I was trying to equate that coincidentally to something. And, uh, you've used the, the force in the door, um, metaphor for like getting hired. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. I actually thought of it for your on shift workouts of like, your on-shift workouts are that wooden wedge, mm-hmm. not a metal wedge. You're not going to drive this wedge in, mm-hmm. but you make all your progress realistically off-shift. Like yeah. you're going to strike this thing and drive the door and shock and gap and set and force and all that stuff off-shift. Mm-hmm. On-shift is just sticking that wooden wedge to save your space. Yeah. And that's a, that can be a 10-minute workout or a 15-minute workout, but all it's there is a placeholder. Right. And then tomorrow when you're off-shift, after you've had your full night of sleep from not running calls, then you can make some progress on forcing that door. Right. And when you come back to shift, you put the wooden wedge in and just do a little filler workout. So yeah. I agree. Um, and I know we've had this conversation before too, of like, we just don't want to give people one more reason not to work out. Right. So if we have a, somebody who's good at Olympic lifting and we know that they're good, it'd be a bummer if they came in and wanted to do it and we just didn't have the tools for them. That's also the minority. The other side of that is if that person's good at Olympic lifting, they can probably figure something else out to do it. That's true. That's true. All right. Anything else uh, to hit on with gym equipment? Pretty good one.
Um, all right. If you guys like what's going on, go to the website, hit the buy me a coffee button and donate some stuff so I can buy Kirk coffee. Check out the other episodes just wrapped up Spring for Change a few weeks ago. And then Kurt and I had the two free workouts one last week. Check those out. And we'll be back next week talking about footwear for working out. Another uh, hot topic. So talk to you guys soon. Be a fortune.